Welcome to the Story Night Podcast, a place where we share hearts, our hurts, and how God's wonder intersects with the story of our lives. A ministry of Calvary Mac. Here's our host, Jessica Campbell. Hi, everyone. It's Jessica. Today we have Janice with us, and I'm very excited to have her share her story with you. So, well, first of all, welcome. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Jessica. And I just wanted to uh, start off with sort of that description or overview of, of who you are. How would you be introduced to somebody? What would be sort of your basic surface level introduction? Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm Janice Burney. And I've been married for 25 years, live in McMinnville, originally from California, down in Riverside County and San Diego County, born and raised in Vista, California. Um, we adopted my two grandsons when they were infants, and my husband retired from the sheriff's department in Riverside County. Um, at that time that we adopted the boys, they were infants then, but he was retiring right then, and we adopted them because their parents had a drug problem, and mm. they needed a home. So we decided to take them in, become mom and dad instead of grandma and grandpa, decided to move to Oregon. Um, this is where a lot of uh, my husband's family has uh, settled. And originally, it's funny because his roots actually go way back. Um, they were Quakers in Newburgh. Oh, wow. A lot of them, Bernie's had settled. So it was funny that he, his roots are kind of here and his whole family has kind of come from California back to Oregon. So it was just odd. Anyway, we decided to uh, move to Oregon, raise the boys here. I think more space, not as expensive. California is expensive, especially uh, on retirement. So we decided uh, on Oregon and we ended up in actually Newburgh and Dundee. And we're drawn to McMinnville, and this is where we ended up settling. And, and I am it. one of those California <laughs> to McMinnville transplants as well. So we definitely right. bonded over that of the, right. of the California Exodus group. Exactly. Well, you've already touched on so many things that I imagine our listeners just you know, had their ears perk up thinking, oh my gosh, I, I either didn't know that about her or maybe I've never met her before and I am so interested to learn more. Um, but before we kind of dive into your story, in light of the world we're living in right now in pandemic times, just mm -hmm. I just kind of wanted to check on you. I mean, how, how are you doing? How have you been affected? Uh, have, there, mm. have there been any major struggles, any blessings that came through this? Lots, lots of blessings. Um, you know, during this time, you could get COVID-19 to death. I mean, I've realized mm -hmm. that you have to kind of disengage a little bit because the one thing I did notice is uh, just the peace that the Lord, you know, that God put in my heart during this time, um, that uh, he just gives you this peace, like, you know, you're in his shelter, you're in his safety. And I just realized that, you know, each and every day, I feel that, you know, even when I wake up, when I sleep, but I do know that if I engage with the news and engage with any streaming, or it, 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 it tends to rob you of peace if that's where you just keep going to. So I just realized that, you know, a little bit of that to catch up on what's going on, but not to stay in it. Mm -hmm. Because it does, it robs you of your peace. It robs, it, it just, it does, it weighs on you. And so I, I would, you know, I, that would be my biggest advice. And I, and I have given, you know, other people advice when they feel anxious is to just back off the social media a little bit, back off the news, back off, you know, a little bit and engage, just use this time. And to me, it's, it's using this time to draw closer to God, 
to draw closer to Jesus in his word because everybody's kind of on a pause. In my household, uh, the struggle would be that the boys are, you know, now they're teenagers, are home. (laughs) (laughs) And my husband's home because he's retired. So there's not a lot of space in the house. Um, I'm sitting in the backyard doing this podcast, you know. (laughs) And you had Um, some visitors at your feet, I I believe. (laughs) A chicken who decided to come visit my feet while I'm talking and the dog (laughs) roaming around and and a water fountain going. So (laughs) okay, it's it's reality anyway. (laughs) It's, (laughs) It's vibrant. Yes. So, you know, yeah. So I have to find little quiet spaces to, you know, connect. Um, but I just found that, you know, um, my favorite time during this whole thing is it's like God put everybody's lives on a pause. And I have just enjoyed, I mean, it's been a blessing because I've enjoyed every morning waking up with him, with the Lord. And everybody's sleeping in. I mean, that's my time. The The boys are sleeping in, my husband's sleeping in, and I just get the, my devotional Bible and spend time in prayer and just, you know, letting God speak to my heart. And during these weeks that we've slowed down, it's like, he, you know, I've not only am I finding out things about myself, um, which, you know, every day I find out just things that God's speaking to my heart about my character, uh, about him his heart and just it's just been a growing experience so i've really been enjoying not the pandemic but enjoying spending time with with you know jesus every morning yeah and that's the blessing that's the blessing i'm getting out of this well i imagine at least from what i know of you personally there may have been a time in your life where that was not the case or had this pandemic mm-hmm. happened at a different point in your life you wouldn't necessarily uh, and getting up in the morning so excited to have time with your Lord. Yeah. If I can sort of jump into that a little bit, I know the phrase you had used with me was the word um, prodigal. And yeah. For, you know, there may be some people who totally connect with that word, or at least they understand what that means. Mm-hmm. For anyone listening that maybe has heard the term but has no idea where it comes from, we're right. referring to this passage in the New Testament, this parable where Jesus is describing the son that pretty much just turns his back on all of the gifts, all of his life, all of everything, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, says peace out to his dad, takes the money and makes some pretty terrible decisions and right right and there is a happy ending to that story when he turns his life around and comes back and instead of coming back to a sentence or a series of consequences or being shunned he's loved and welcomed and Mm -hmm. celebrated so uh, just to sort of put Mm -hmm. that into context i never want to assume that anyone listening you know knows some of the references so if i can ask you janice to share a Mm -hmm. little bit of your prodigal story with us Sure. Yeah, it's 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 pretty vast. I mean, <laughs> it would take it would take quite a while to go through my life story. It is pretty big and it's pretty pretty wild and it was, you know, I look back on it now and think, you know, thank thank you God that I'm here still because uh I'm amazed that I even made it through a lot of those years. Um I gave my heart to the Lord at a young age. I was raised, my, my mom went to the Pentecostal church in Vista. I was raised in Pentecostal in my young, my young age. So, you know, I had an upbringing in the church. And, you know, and I remember, I remember as a child sitting in the pew and singing to Jesus, you know, to come into my heart, to come into my heart. So I, I loved Jesus from a very young age. 
I really did. I loved him and just was uh, just one of those kids that really enjoyed, you know, getting to know him and the Bible stories and everything. I loved Sunday school and all of that. But my mom, unfortunately, divorced quite a few times during our life. Um, She was married multiple times. So there was always disruptions. And there was three of us siblings. um, And then a fourth came along. But during that time, uh, there was a lot of disruptions in our life with different fathers, different dynamics. And just during that time, I began to rely more on myself. Being a third child, I just kind of became my own self-soother, my own self-relier, and uh, the kind of kid, you know, that just did her own thing and ran her own way. And, you know, and unfortunately, it gave me this independence that drew me away from Jesus. And I began to rely more on myself than anyone else, you know, any adult or, you know, the Lord. And it's not that, and as I grew into teenage years, I was making a lot of bad decisions, running with a fast crowd, you know, drinking and drugs and promiscuity, just doing things that I knew were wrong. And it's, 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 the whole thing is, and I, I did give my heart to Jesus. So I knew I belonged to him. You know, once you give your heart to him and um, give your whole heart to him, I knew that I had him in my heart, but I just was one of those kids that just was making all the wrong decisions. And yet I knew I was doing wrong, but definitely was not at that repentant stage. And it just, and yet I look back at it now and Jesus was in and out of my life through all my growing years. You know, he never deserted me, even though I deserted him. Mm-hmm. It was like we were walking parallel, you know, through my whole life. I was not walking with him. He was still with me, but I was not walking with him. And I just made a lot of decisions. I've been married multiple times. And, you know, and I always swore, oh, I'm not going to do, you know, what my mother did. I'm not going to be married. And I ended up doing exactly that. And it wasn't until during one of my divorces <laughs> was that this one lawyer, he says, you know, it seems to me that, you know, you've had multiple marriages and now you're here again. It seems to me that you equate love with chaos. And that just stuck with me. Even today, I'm thinking, you know, he just hit the nail on the head. I was so comfortable in chaotic situations because I was a wrecking ball. I was a wrecking ball. When things were calm, I would stir them up because I was comfortable in that situation. Um, And it could, I'm sure, stem from my childhood. And I was always looking for a man to fulfill, you know, uh, be that green pasture that love that I needed that I didn't get as a child or that, you know, when I was uh, just, you know, not engaged with anybody looking for that green pasture to rest in. And I never found it. I would run to another and to another. It was just this always empty feeling. And in every, every time that Jesus would hold his hand out to me, there was a couple times during that, that lifespan that I would take his hand and then I would let it go and run the other direction again. And, when I think about it now, I thought, and even then he pursued me, you know, he, per- he continued to pursue me, even though I kept running from him. And like a prodigal, once you belong to him, there is that connection that is never broken. He says, I will not lose a one of them. And he doesn't, you know, we, we slap his hand away or we decide to do wrong. And, but you know, he's always there to clean up our mess. You know, whether we make a mess out of our marriage, whether we make a mess with our children, he's always there to help us, you know, get it cleaned up. And sometimes we keep running on to uh, more messes. You know, that's 
just the one thing. He just was always there. When I look back, I didn't see it then, but when I look back at it now, I see how many messes he cleaned up without condemnation, without wagging his finger at me or shaming me. He just was always there to make good out of the ashes that I always created. I imagine there's so many listeners, myself included, because I mean, we know each other, but there's the beautiful thing about getting to know somebody is that there's always something about their story that surprises you, or maybe one new chapter that you didn't know before. Right. And I just think what stuck out to me was just that possibility that we're faced with of repeating family patterns. Exactly. how does a pattern like that get broken? Because I know how many people do. They, they look back and whether they realize it or not, they think, well, look at my childhood and look at... Exactly. But then why were my parents that way? Well, look at their parents. And, and it's, it's, it can be very repetitive. But you mentioned yeah. that as you would go from sort of one chaotic situation uh, to another, mm-hmm. was there one in particular that was mm. sort of the turning point? Or did you feel like yeah. it was more of a buildup that after a certain number of chaotic experiences where each one was sort of one step closer, one step closer, one step closer. Yeah. One big. Uh, (laughs) It's it's like this crescendo of my life building up to a point where God had to break me down to get my attention. I mean, like I said, I was fleeting in and out of him. You know, I would, I would, uh, you know, I would come to him because I needed him at a certain time in my life. And then when things got, I would, uh, you know, I'll go and do my own thing again. So there was a time in my life, a very devastating time. I'm, I mean, absolutely horrific time of my life. That was absolutely the climax that brought me to my knees. I mean, absolutely brought me to my knees. And it, it wasn't, and that's why I would tell, you know, any parent that has a prodigal son or daughter, that, you know, the Lord does not lose one of us and he will reel his beloved in when it's time. And it and it's not always pretty. It can be quite devastating. And at, at this time, um, when I I was just in, in a really chaotic situation, I was, I, my daughter had passed away at 33 while I was separated. I was here in Oregon. She was in California. She was in a, a, a very abusive relationship, but you know, as much as we tried to get her um, disengaged from it, she continued to stay in it. So I was very close to my daughter, just loved her dearly, you know, still love her dearly. And, but, you know, it was just a, a tragic thing, you know, that uh, we moved up here with the boys. And then I get this call that my daughter had passed away at 33. And there was no, it was just, I mean, it threw me for a loop because it was like this puzzle with a missing piece you know, that you cannot put in, you know, what happened to her? How did it happen to her? Because her spouse was not really saying anything, you know, it just happened, you know, that she just, I just knew she was in a bad situation. So I never knew she, you know, that, you know, I I wasn't there when she passed away. I didn't get to be with her when she passed away. She had been going through a lot of illnesses that I was unable to be with her at the time uh, because I myself were going, I was going through surgery. I'd had multiple surgeries on my back. So I was dealing with a lot of back pain, raising the two little boys. Uh, my husband ended up with, and this is all in one time frame. We moved here and it was about a year after we moved here to um, McMinnville, which was about 2009. During this time when she passed away, I was going through back surgeries, a lot of back pain, um, and had uh, spinal fusions. And so uh, raising two little boys, toddlers at that time, and dealing with a lot of back pain. Uh, my husband ended up with prostate cancer, 
And uh, that turned, you know, his life upside down and my life upside down because he had to have uh, everything removed and it caused, you know, I had to get radiation. So it caused a big uh, disruption to our lives in that sense in our marriage. And uh, he had a problem with alcoholism and still struggles with that. So there was a lot of components happening at that time. And at that time, I was seeing a psychiatrist who had me on a lot of medications. And so it was just a combination of her death, you know, and my husband, what he was going through. Then my brother passed away from pancreatic cancer about two years later. And my stepdad passed away. I mean, it was just like this constant row of death. And I'm taking these medications, which were kind of spiraling my brain out of control. And I could feel myself just losing control. It, it just, it's, it's hard to even explain. Uh, I had been in, you know, um, before this, I always loved to watch, you know, the Ghostbusters and read all <laughs> the scary books, you know. So I was really fascinated with the supernatural. Now not, because during that time, when I was breaking down, I mean, literally, I had a nervous breakdown. And as I was unraveling, I could feel myself disengaging from my family, trying to reach out to my family. But nobody could help me because they didn't know what to do with me. You know, because I mean, I just didn't make any sense. And I was trying to reach out to people to help me because my mind was going out of control. I didn't feel grounded. You know, I felt like I was just kind of floating off to no, nowhere land. And, uh, you know, I had been into those books and uh, you know the supernatural during that time you're I'm so weak in my mind that a lot of demonic influence came in which was horrifying I mean just absolutely horrifying bad dreams nightmares just terrible terrible things happening and which which just caused me you know even further uh, just a lot of fear and a lot of fright and things happening you know that nobody could you know, everybody, everybody just kind of backed away because they just didn't know what to do with me. And the more I reached out for my family, they would just all say, oh, you know what? You, you have to help yourself. You know, you have to help yourself. And the problem was I couldn't help myself because myself wasn't there anymore, if that makes any sense. It does. I didn't know who I was anymore. I mean, I just lost connection. And, you know, and it was, it's not until now that uh, even when I talked to a friend about this, she said, you know, sometimes God makes everybody back off so that he can get your attention and he can come and, and be your savior. And that's exactly what happened. When I was at the point where I didn't care whether I lived or died, I mean, literally, I didn't. And I just had nothing. There was nothing in me. I just felt empty. And it's like God just uh, reached his, his hand down to me and just said, here, you know, I mean, literally, audibly, stop running you know, here's my hand. And he said, you know, you're either going to take my hand or you're going to keep on running. Well, what's it going to be? You know, here I am. I remember at that moment, I was so tired and so broken that I took his hand and just, I have hung on to it to this day and not let go. And when people, you know, they just say, you know, I, I, it just, it boggles my brain because my family, when I took his hand, he just restored my health, my mind, my family. I mean, he came in and he parted the waters and he moved to the mountains and he just restored our family and our home and, and my sanity. 
And if that's not a miracle, I don't know what is, you know. And my family were there firsthand to see it, you know, because they knew. I mean, I was borderline mental institution material. And they knew that this restoration had happened. And it wasn't by a marriage counselor. And it wasn't by a psychiatrist or, you know, or anything outside. It was God. I mean, it was absolutely God himself. That was my rescuer, my savior, and my hero. I mean, absolutely my hero. And about a year later, because my, my primary physician had seen me and knew what a mess I was, you know, I mean, just absolutely a mess. About a year later, I walk into the primary doctor's office and she said, wow, you look great. You know, and wow, what are you, you know, what are you doing? I said, no, I just feel, I feel so much better. I said, I'm better. And she said, well, because during the time I was going through this, I was ready to divorce my husband. I, you know, I had all these terrible thoughts that, you know, about him, that he was doing things and just a lot of weird, you know, delusions. And so I was going to divorce him. And I mean, it just threw the, the, the household in turmoil. And so she said, well, are you still with your husband? I said, I am. And she's how how's the boys? I said, oh, they're good now. <laughs> they're really good now because they were a mess too. <laughs> so um, she just was just typing away, you know, typing away on her computer. And the whole time she's looking at me, she's smiling and typing on her computer, you know, uh, everything I said. And, and I said, and she said, well, did you, you know, did you go counseling or what? And I said, nope. I said, it was God. I said, it was just all God. God came in and just picked up our family, dusted us off and put us back together again. And she just kept on typing and smiling and didn't say a word. <laughs> didn't say a word. You know? and I thought, okay, that was a good testimony. If anything, it planted a seed in her, right? <laughs> so, there you go. Put that in your yeah. notes, in your medical there record. You <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I don't know if it's there. God, God put her back together again. So, you know, um, to this day, um, all I can say is, you know, it doesn't matter how dirty you are. There's no shame he cannot clean. There's nothing too dirty he won't make worthy. You can be scarlet stained like I felt like I was walking around all my life with a big scarlet letter, you know, on my, on my clothing branded. Mm-hmm. And he just washes it off. And it's funny because I was not going to church at that time. And um, I remember my mom was kind of urging me on the, on the phone from California, you know, to, to, to get to a church and find a good church. And it's funny because Calvary Mac, how that came into play was I'd passed Calvary Mac a lot of times, you know, it's that little church in the trees, you know, <laughs> up, up the driveway, you can't really see it. And it's funny, I had tried a whole bunch of churches uh, around the area, but you know, and none of them really were where I should been. Really odd. I mean, just, you know, churches sporadic. But for some reason, you know, that driveway, you know, it just like, called my name and anyway I saw this driveway and just one one day uh one morning I drove up that driveway and I know it was the Holy Spirit drove up that driveway went into a Sunday sermon and liked it and thought okay this is nice you know and it was Calvary Chapel and I'd been to a Calvary Chapel in California and I liked it so um when I'm I was going out of the lobby there were the little clipboards that for signups you know for bible studies and there was the ladies bible study and you know I just had this nudge to my heart you know sign up sign up so I signed up for a ladies bible study thinking what am I doing I don't I don't I don't know if this is for me anyway I went home and I I called my mom and she said oh honey 
She goes, you're, you're where you need to be because Calvary, they, they preach the word and you need the word of God. You need to be right where you are. That's perfect. And she said, and the Bible study, you know, and I said, well, I don't want to talk in the Bible study. She goes, you don't have to. Just go there and listen to what the ladies have to say. You, you just go. And it was just like the best uh, direction anyone could have ever given me because uh, that was the beginning of a, a beautiful relationship with Calvary Mac. And uh, I've enjoyed it ever since. You know, I love how you noted that kind of being confronted with the possibility of joining a Bible study, you think, I don't know if this is for me. I don't really want to talk. And I think there are so many people that have this idea mm-hmm. that Bible studies are for those people. Yeah. Bible yeah. studies are for those who were born and raised in a Christian family and they d- uh-huh. don't read anything but the Bible and they don't <laughs> do anything but Christian things and they're kind of in this little bubble over here. And that's that's for those yeah. people that study that, which really couldn't be further from the truth. Exactly. You know, just to think of what you're doing now within the Bible study. And I want to ask mm-hmm. you about that in just a moment, but okay. I think so often we we walk into churches or into the buildings or we hear of them and we sort of think that anyone in leadership must mm-hmm. be or must have a certain resume. You know, mm-hmm. they have to have a really clean life, you know. Right. And right. very similar to the, oh, you're in a Bible study if you're in that group, or well, you're in leadership if you sort of have this perfect track record, right? Uh-huh. And there's been no mess in your life and, and mm-hmm. nothing complicated and you, you know, never broke the rules or, you know, we just right. very often walk into these spaces and sort of think, okay, everybody else has this life and this past uh-huh. that I don't have. So I don't totally belong. Uh, right. And I think as you're sharing, that's just not the truth. And the more you mm-hmm. the more you get in and the more you go under the surface, the more you realize we all have a story. Right. Uh, so now mm-hmm. you I'm so glad you went you went to the Bible study, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what yeah. happened after that? <laughs> well you know what? And it's funny because it's not a magical pill. You know, people think when you come to Christ the beginning of restoration begins. It's a daily walk and it will be till the day I die or leave this um, earth or, you know, whether he takes us, when he takes us. It uh, doesn't matter. No matter how many days you have on this earth, you, you, it's a learning experience and a continuing healing. There, there are time, you know, you still deal with, with hurts and, and past things. And you're, when you've got the Holy Spirit in you, of course, you know, he's transforming you. And I just, you know, it's just this progressive healing, this progressive healing and this progressive where I can look back now. It doesn't devastate me to think of my daughter that had passed away. It doesn't devastate me. Um, just recently, I had lost my mom and my sister within five months of each other. And this was just December and uh, this last December and July. Uh, very dear to me, my mom, very close to me and my sister, very close to me. Uh, but you know, uh, God even used that time that he just gave me this peace where in other times I would have fallen apart, you know, so he just gives you this strength, the, the long, you know, the more I walk with him, the more I get into his word, the more strength I get from him. And, you know, that he just is with you every step of the way, you know, when you think you can't love him anymore, you end up loving him even more. I mean, there's not a day that goes by that I don't learn something. And that's the beauty of uh, spending time, you know, in his word. And you're right. When people say, you know, Bible study, oh gosh, I don't know the Bible. So how can I go to a study? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the beginning of, of, of uh, your relationship with him. 
when I started, you know, when you start getting into Bible study, you start getting into the Bible and you start, you know, the Holy Spirit gives you that understanding of what you're reading, where before you really didn't take the time to understand. Then, then you see that what he's saying in his word, it applies to your life all throughout your life. I find his words, even now today, they just speak to your heart. You know, it's like, wow. You know, I read a devotional. It's like, you know, it was written right for me that day, that morning, that time. And, and then that, that's the beauty of, of God. Like, um, you know, he just weaves together this beautiful tapestry of, wow, you know, he just, I just am in awe of him so many times. And that's the thankfulness that I get towards him to thank him. When, when I need a rainbow, I can be walking and I'm just feeling down and gosh, it's gloomy out. And then all of a sudden I'll look up and there'll be this beautiful rainbow in the sky. And that's him. That's God. That's Jesus. He's my rainbow. He's our rainbow. Even in the darkest times, even in the darkest days, he is just that rainbow. And what the beauty of our story is, is that we can be the rainbow in another person's storm. Mm-hmm. We can take, we can give them pieces of our story, but our story is him. I mean, my story is, yes, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, but my story is little bit of me, but a whole lot of his, him and his healing. So I think it's just one, it's just beautiful how God uses the pieces of our broken past to help another person in their brokenness. And I think that's the best testimony of life. I mean, that's, to me, the most beautiful part of walking with the Lord is our sharing our story with another and, and just that connection that we have with one another. Even people, you know, who don't know the Lord, we can give them that connection. And I think that's awesome, especially during these times, you know, where people are hurting and scared. Well, I couldn't agree more. And I'm so appreciative that you took the time to take us a deeper into your story. I mean, you hit so many things that honestly, we could go back and do a podcast on each one. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. you touched yeah. on marriage and divorce and adoption and, and grief and alcoholism mm-hmm. and cancer and drugs, mental health and uh, mm-hmm. surgeries, promiscuity and death. I mean, yeah. and that's just in this short time. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. know that there are so many people that have really related to maybe one of those, maybe a lot of them, maybe just Mm -hmm. the big picture as a whole of feeling Mm -hmm. like the prodigal. Also, there could be listeners who feel like their child is the prodigal Mm -hmm. or their grandchild or that, you know, there's just somebody in their, in their life that they're seeing desperately needing that hand, needing to say, okay, God, I will take your hand. Yes. And sometimes that journey and that process is so long and so painful and it just sort of seems like it'll never end. And I know probably a lot of people can relate to that feeling right now. Mm, uh But, you know, as we start to wrap up, I just was hoping to ask you to speak directly to the listener right now. What might you say to her if you had that moment to, you know, sort of give that a little bit of of loving advice and encouragement and just some words of hope? What would Mm -hmm. your message be? I think first of all, I've learned to listen to their brokenness first. I think a lot of people just want to be heard, heard and held in your interest, you know, um, not to rush right in and offer and not offer advice. Because when you're, when you're in that moment of brokenness, advice doesn't really work. So true. It is true. 
Can we just stop and like everyone, (laughs) did you hear that? (laughs) (laughs) That If I, if I had anything that I would love to tell the world and I know I've, I've been guilty of it too in the past. And the more, the more suffering I walk through, the more I just come to agree with you wholeheartedly Mm -hmm. got to pause and just listen and sit next to somebody in their brokenness. You do not have to try and fix them or pep them up or yes, yes. heal them immediately. Exactly. That's true. It's true. You know, it's the best thing you do is just be that hand that he held out to me. You can be that hand that holds out to another, just a hand that holds another person's heart for, you know, and let them, let them tell you that they're hurting and you're right. And just listen. And then when you have the moment to share with them a little bit of your story, and I think that's, that's it is, you know, well, Hey, I, I know what you're saying. You know, I, this is, this is what happened to me. And this is where I found my peace. And this is where I found my healing was with Jesus. And it just gives you a moment to be able to share your story and your you're healing through Jesus and, you know, and, and not always do they, they're not always real on board with you right at that moment. But, you know, it's like I said, it's a seed planted that they can carry with them. And that's up to God, of course, to water it. But I, I think it's just so important for us to, you know, just be that, that smile and that heart that hears, not the heart that talks. There was this one story that said, Lord, this one person prayed, let me not be a mouth today, but be a heart that speaks. Hmm. And I think that's awesome because that's what we need to be is we need to listen to others that are hurting and just be that, that hand and that love of Jesus that holds them a bit and then share, you know, what, what the Lord has done in our lives. And, uh, you know, and hopefully it will resonate with them a bit. Like you said, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Janice, thank you so much You're for welcome. taking time. Uh, thank you for opening up your heart and, and your story sure. to us. I know there's I know there's more and I know we could talk for hours. Yes. Uh, but for for now, yeah. I was gonna ask if you would uh, just close us by praying for all of all of our listeners that connected with you, mm-hmm. whether it was just a little bit or or a lot, but maybe sure. are dealing with any of these, especially just kind of coming back to that that concept of the word prodigal. Um, so I'd just sure. love to ask for you to pray for that. I would be happy to. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you today, Lord. And most of all, we just thank you for your greatness and your mighty hand um, in each and every one of our lives, each and every day, each and every moment. And we just want to say thank you, Lord God, for just loving us so much that you gave your son, Lord, that your son's blood that washed us clean, washes us clean, and um, your eternal promises that you give, Lord. And I just want to thank you for what great gifts that you give, Lord. Um, You know, need we ask for more, and yet you are there when we do ask for more, Lord. And I just pray that you'll be in the midst of each and every family, that you are, you know, that, 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 that they make you the center of the family, the foundation of each family, Lord, especially since we are going through so many tough times right now, Lord, and families are together. I pray that you'll be the peace in the midst of families, that um, you will get uh, those eyes to look up, to see that hand that is there, to a helping hand, not a condemning hand, but a, a helping hand. Lord, we want to just thank you for your loving hand. 
And we just pray that you'll just be in the midst. We know that you bring the good out of things that are bad, and we can trust in you for that. Thank you for being our shelter and our refuge, a place for us to run to when we're hurting, and uh, a healer of our hearts in restoration. And I just pray, Lord, that you'll just be with each and every one of us in these times. Lord, uh, be our peace in fear and be our rainbow. Be our rainbow mm-hmm. in these dismal times, Lord. And we just give you all the glory and thank you, Jesus, for being our Savior in every sense of the word Savior. And we just pray that you'll just reach heart, hurting hearts at this time, Lord. Uh, and let us be those hands that hold another's. Let us be a smile to another, Lord. Let us be a rainbow to another. And let us be your love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Janice. You're welcome. And we hope that all of you uh, find your rainbow today. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, Jessica, thank you. I appreciate it so much, Janice. Thank you again. Uh Uh-huh. Bye-bye. The Story Night Podcast. A ministry of Calvary Mac. For more women's stories, visit calvarymac.com slash women.